Which now brings us to ask, okay, so that's what Jesus says, but what are we to do with all this? <laughs> what are we to do? What should we take away and how should we apply all of that to us? And I, and I especially want us to, to slow down now and really ask this because while it is true for all of us that these, these six topics here in Matthew 5, they all apply so much to our lives, yet still, the reality is, especially this one, since divorce is so common and such a tough and heartbreaking thing, right, especially here, we, we, we really want to know how to apply this correctly. And so again, what do we do with all of this? And in answer to that, we, of course, could spend a whole message, a series of messages on this from all over the Bible. And so please, don't take what we're about to say as all that God's Word has to say about this topic. But still, from what Jesus says here, here are three things we should all take away from this. Three takeaways and answer to what in the world do we do with all of this. Number one, we should all acknowledge and agree with the foundation of what Jesus is getting at here. And that's, again, that Jesus is making the point that our promises and commitments really do matter, especially in marriage, and that marriage itself, in God's eyes, is and it always has been a lifelong commitment. A lifelong commitment. Or more technically, it's a commitment that is binding as, both, as long as both partners are still alive. We need to know that. We need to feel that. And again, we may hear that and think it is difficult, and in many ways, it is. But also, I think we all know deep down in our bones that that actually does make sense. And it is beautiful that that is true. Because think about it, we all in this room deep down know the beauty, for example, of two, two people who have been together for decades and decades and yet still genuinely love and are for one another. And although that might be rare and really difficult to achieve in our brokenness and sin, it still does prove deep down that we know what Jesus is basically teaching here. And that's that marriage is a lifelong promise and commitment. And so that's the first takeaway, that we acknowledge and agree with Jesus Christ's stance on that. Which then leads to takeaway number two. And this, number two, is that although that's true about marriage, yet even from Jesus here and from God's word elsewhere, because of brokenness and sin in our hearts and in our world, there are legitimate situations now where that lifelong marriage bond can be unbound. And those grounds are sexual infidelity, desertion, and I would include abuse. And really, those are the only God-ordained grounds in his word. And on those, to be really clear, we need to know that if a marriage is dissolved in those ways, then as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 7, quote, in such cases, the brother or sister is not bound. And just so you know, that's why I keep using the terminology of unbound. Because what that means is if a marriage is ended on those grounds, then the lifelong marriage bond is actually unbound and legitimately so in God's eyes. And so that's the second thing, which leads finally to the third takeaway. And this is where I just want to now make it most personal for each of us in this room. Because this takeaway is now just asking, okay, what about me personally then? Or how do I personally take this? And as for this takeaway, it matters where we are in our lives. Because first, concerning us who are married, obviously we should take what Jesus says here as him teaching us about the permanence and beauty of our marriages. We need to make it personal. And so we should believe that and live in light of that. If you are married, cultivate that marriage as is a precious, lifelong relationship you are in. 
But then second, for those of you who are here who are not married, still what Jesus says to you does apply here and how you should hear this and agree with Jesus here and uphold marriage still is a beautiful thing in our world because it is. Right? And those takeaways are probably a little more obvious. But maybe the biggest question on all of this is, okay, but, but, but what about for those of you in here who have been divorced? All right, and if that's you, okay, what, what should you do with Jesus' teaching here? And well, in answer to that, taking everything Jesus says here, the application is first, it is first to acknowledge and realize that any divorce, apart from legitimate God-given grounds, and it was not the way that God intended it to be in that divorce, and it, and it was sin. And specifically, divorce and remarriage, apart from legitimate God-given grounds, did result in adultery. It did. But that's just what Jesus says. And again, I know that's tough, but, but I don't want to soften that, because my main goal here, brothers and sisters, on Sundays is to explain God's word as clearly as possible, and that is exactly what Jesus says. And to be clear, adultery like that is a big deal. And also, though, as you hear that, if that's you, just remember, every single person in this room is basically an adulterer too, though. <laughs> because remember, verse 28, in the last paragraph, right before Jesus said this, Jesus just made the point that all lust is adultery as well. <laughs> and so Jesus' teaching here on divorce is meant to be clear and striking if you've been divorced without legitimate grounds, or if you're considering it, or if you think loosely about marriage and divorce. divorce. And though, let's all remember, Jesus' teaching here humbles all of us. And as we sang earlier, there is grace enough for any sin to be forgiven before the throne of God. But then finally... For the question some of you might have about divorce, if you've been divorced, it might finally, but what if I'm divorced and I'm remarried? Should I then go get back together with my original spouse since that marriage was always meant to be a last a lifetime? And the question to that answer would be no. And why? Well, because long story short, just taking what Jesus says here, doing that would then cause you to illegitimately divorce your current spouse. Right, and so instead, the takeaway then for, for this, takeaway from this for anyone in here who's been divorced and remarried is simply from here on out, simply uphold the marriage you're in. Or if you're not in a marriage, remain faithful to the Lord and seek to follow what Jesus says. It's that simple. And really, that's how most Christians have taken what Jesus says here. Or to say it from someone besides me, in case it helps, one commentator I read this week put it this way. He said this, quote, There is no indication here that a second marriage, even following an illegitimate divorce, is seen as permanently adulterous. End quote. And, and I, I totally agree with that. And then the commentator adds this application, quote, Divorced Christians who have remarried should not commit the sin of a second divorce to try to resume relations with a previous spouse, but they should begin afresh to observe God's standards by remaining faithful to their current spouse. End quote. And I think that's the correct interpretation because, again, essentially what, all, what Jesus is calling all of us in his kingdom here to is to be people who honor marriage, who keep our promises, and who especially so love our spouses if we're married for God's glory until death do us part. And we do it all like Christ himself 
who is the ultimate husband and who is so committed to us, his church, and he's faithful and he loves us.